mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Kasher. And welcome to another episode of Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. This week, we are wrapping up our exploration of Boom's pick, The Hero, fantastic movie, uh, with her pick again of Six Degrees of Separation. Mm -hmm. Boom. How are you feeling about this conversation? Uh, I'm excited about it for the most part. This is one that I've been um, like watching and interacting with for quite some time. Um, Mm. So I'm excited. And it's not something that like a lot of people have seen or watched. So I'm excited to kind of like share it with you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, maybe to discuss a little bit how like my view of it has changed over the years, because I do find more than most films. um, This one really kind of like my perception of it changes like every time I Mm -hmm. watch it, which is fun. Um, So, yeah, I'm honestly stoked to, to hear what you guys have to say, like good or bad. I'm ready for it. Uh, speaking of bad, Catcher, how are you feeling you okay, buddy? after last week? Have you, <gasps> yeah, you held good. your your fucking own though? Like y- you, you did. did good. Re-listening yeah. to it, I was Thank proud you. of yeah. you. You did not let the bullies. No, no, bully. <laughs> no, not a movie that good. No, um, it's <laughs> still I, you know, at it. See? You know what it is? It's sort of like it's. I think it's almost best that like we. I didn't know how you guys felt going into it, and I was so busy that like mm. there was no chatter beforehand. So I had really like strong convictions that like not only did I like it, but that you guys would like it. So like I went in feeling like very <laughs> confident about being like, we're going to have a great time talking about it. And then when you guys hated it, it just fueled me. So it was perfect. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, speaking of hated movies, boom, perusing your oh, letterbox diary. There is a one banger. Really? Full on one banger. A film. That I DNF on a flight, might I, I add. I didn't that. finish it on a flight. I feel like if I were to have watched this on a flight, I would have became so agitated. Would you so, been a flight? I'm risk? proud of you for even trying. Yeah, hundred percent. And and this is 2021's iconic musical film starring Ben Platt, Caitlin Deaver, Amy Adams, Dear oh Evan my. Hansen. Boom! Please. Oh my God. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. You know what? I had no intention of ever watching this film because Mm -hmm, I knew mm -hmm. it was going to be a dead dove. I knew I was going to hate it. I saw it live a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and I honestly didn't really like it then. And honestly, if if I'm (laughs) going to go to the theater and like... I, I, it takes a lot for me to not like a musical. Um, And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say I flat out disliked it. Like, there was some music um in it that i did like the performances were pretty great it's the story for me uh that i've never mm. quite felt that it's just there's mm-hmm. something icky about it um and it's also just not it's like the plot is it's just not solid like it's not very um yeah the the plot for those of you who don't know uh ben platt who was like in his early 30s plays a 16 year old <laughs> boy named uh evan hansen he's a loner a kid commit suicide in his high school and they find this weird this find this letter that evan hansen had written to the kid's sister played by caitlin deaver 
And so people assume the kid who commits suicide, his best friend right. was Evan Hansen. Or he wrote the, he writes the letter to himself as like a fit, like some, like oh, homework right. from that's his therapist. Um, right. And then like the kid takes it from him and then commits suicide and they find it on his person. And then it all just kind of spirals out from there. So, yeah, I'm, I wasn't particularly fond of the story. I just found it to be a little bit like fluff, not even not fluffy, but just I don't know, not great. Ben Platt, I think I said to Kev or something like someone commented on my review. I was like, I could listen, listen to him, like read like the ingredient, sing the ingredients of oatmeal. Like he's incredibly <laughs> talented. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the movie was absolutely terrible. And Horrendous. also like his presence is so alarming because he's just, and yes. it wasn't even so much that like he looks super old or anything like that. It was more so like the makeup they had put on him. They caked on a lot yeah. of makeup. Not good for 4K. The thing with musicals is that it's a hard line to hit on film because in on stage you kind of you remove you add a bunch of like forgiveness to plot lines or totally. setting or characters because the stage you just have I, I don't know we're just built to have that different sort of sort of like a uh, reaction to it and there are two types of movie musicals there's one movie musical i forget the proper term where the cast does not know they are singing and by that they mean like there's not really dancing um, there, people oh, aren't like breaking yeah. out in the song per se. So like Rent is like that. Dear Evan Hansen is also like that. And then there's the other type of movie musical where they're are very much aware they're in a musical where there are dance numbers and all the sort of stuff like Moulin Rouge or, um, you know, the music man, a lot of classic, classic musicals. The issue with Dear Evan Hansen is that the subject matter is very serious, obviously. So they try and keep it very serious, but the move, the music is often like kind of silly. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where like, Evan Hansen is making up these like hangouts he had with the kid who um, who died yeah. with Amy Adams and I forget whoever plays the father and he's just like running around this dinner table like singing about these like fake hangouts they had and it was so bizarre I just like couldn't it watch is it. Bizarre. I, I it There's also a scene where the sister because like the sister's thing and he's in love with the sister like in Cell Vibes and her <laughs> thing is that like she just like never connected with her brother and he was like she has a hard time believing he was a good person and all this and then he lies and says that like he cared about her a lot and then is like singing all these things to her about like what he allegedly had said about her but it's just his like creepy stalker (laughs) observation so he's like singing about like her brother talking about like the way she smiles and all this shit. I was oh, like, this God. is so yeah. uncomfortable. So weird. Oh, it was super weird. So uncomfortable. Super was weird. It we- but, yeah. Was it as weird on stage or is this also one of those things no, where it's so, because mm-hmm. of the stage really. you lose a bit of the... So I liked it on stage. Tara did not like it. Um, Thank you, Tara. I, I, I liked a bunch of parts of it. There are obviously some parts where it's like, yeah, this is a pretty weird mm. storyline. But I thought it was interesting on stage. They did a lot of cool stuff with like screens and like, you know, people were touting it. It's like, oh, it's the first like digital era musical because like computer screens and like Twitter is a big part of the stage design. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Ripped apart. Mu- <laughs> uh, really quickly, boom. You also watched the five banger, The Cell. Please, oh. quickly. Um, thank you so, so much. Watch The Cell with... Sophie, for the first time, nervous going in. We know Sophie. She has a critical mm-hmm. eye. Nothing yes, gets past does. her. Um, no. 
and I always love to hear her takes, but the sell is very near and dear to me. Luckily, we came mm. out of it with a three and a half from okay. our girls, so that was mm-hmm. great. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. me, this will... So talking about like six degrees of separation and how it's kind of changed every time I watch it, the cell will Mm -hmm. always solidly be a five fucking banger from me. Mm. That will never Mm. change. I will ride for this movie until I die. Um, I watched it before I ever watched Seven or The Matrix so or Silence of the Lambs. So I didn't have that like influencing my opinion of this film because I think people Mm -hmm. often compare them very fairly. It's like... You know, early t- 2000s Hollywood catches on to a vibe and kind of takes it and runs with it. Right, totally. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have that when I first watched this film. And, I, and I've been watching it from a very young age, which is like probably problematic, but <laughs> obsessed with it. Like style, because we have um, Tarsim, who is the, the Tarsim great. Singh. Yeah, music mm-hmm. video director. What an interesting kind mm-hmm. of like perspective to bring on to a film like this. Like visually, it's insane. Like some of the cin- cinematography in this film is just like unfucking match. J Lo, have you seen the Have you seen the Fall? The Fall is that, that that's Tarsim Singh's like yeah. master. Yeah. No, I sh- and I vibe vibe city. Oh shit! Like, yeah. Okay, I'll put that on the watch yeah. list right away. What's his name? Lee Pace. Is that his name? He's in that. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah. in that. Oh, I like him quite yeah. a bit. Too, and he's yeah. in that up. He's in Bodies, 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 which I'm very, which is, I'm hi- mm. highly mm-hmm. excited for. But, anyways, mm-hmm. I could go on a, about the self forever. The last thing I'll say is J Lo, my queen. I feel like this movie came out in like her onslaught of like rom coms. Um, yeah. So just huge moment for her to just be like, I'm a badass bitch. Vince Vaughn is also like tolerable in, in mm-hmm. it as well. Like I find him to be fine, like possibly could have casted better there. But I feel like he was not- like at this period in his career before <laughs> all of the comedies. So he was like a serious yeah, actor at the time. Like he, yeah, was, yeah. Right? he was in that Psycho remake and stuff. So it was like, yeah, he came with a vibe that was not what my he would favorite eventually. Vince Vaughn role will forever be his cameo in sex in the city. Like <laughs> that's a great episode. It is a great episode. That is a great episode. Yeah. Anyways, what did you guys watch this week? What'd you get up to? Uh, so I'm just going to do a quick run through because then we're going to talk about something big. Um, finished stranger things season four today. Uh, I won't say I, anything. I, have not I just it. think, okay. uh, it's a good season. I'll just put it at that. Uh, yeah. I watched it as yeah, well. We're on episode. We're on episode three or four? okay. Yeah, I love Something that like you're that. doing a slow Bernie, and I appreciate yeah. that about well, you. It's 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 not by design. It's by like we were out of town this last oh, weekend, fair. so we couldn't really watch it. Um, and I refuse to watch like big things like on my iPad if we're mm-hmm. in a hotel because I want to, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's I I'm I will it so say far. to that point quickly. Like it's fascinating to me that this show cost them 30 million dollars an episode or whatever allegedly to make this and it's like it just all goes out at once and it's there everyone's going to talk about it for a week and that's it and it's like netflix you do not have the you do you are not in a situation where you can that just runway. let this you know burn out so fast like ride this out uh which they are a little yeah. bit i guess because two more episodes of this season come out in july so there's, oh, it's only it's, two yeah. more episodes. I thought it was going to be a whole like additional series. No, I think it's only two. I read, but I didn't do that much mm. digging. So, um, but yeah, so check out Stranger Things. I think it's good. Uh, I watched a movie called Emergency, which is uh, a movie on uh, Amazon Prime. I believe it's an oh, original. Yeah, 
Uh, basically, it's a bunch, a couple students show up to their house one night after partying, and there's a there are two black students, and they show up to the house, mm-hmm. and there's this like passed out drunk white woman on the floor of their house, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what do we do? Do we call the cops? Do we not? Well, we can't call the cops, and then that sort of is like how the movie starts, um, right. and slightly more entertaining and fun than the premise would suggest. Um, but it doesn't shy away from the realities of what that premise would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the acting in it is really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought all like all the performances um, by the cast, which were all like relatively young kids, like were really good. So definitely ch- check that out. Uh, the Adventure Zone. I start, I've caught up on the new season of oh, Adventure nice. Zone, and yeah. they are back on form. Uh, this is like if you have not listened to it or ever heard it, you should do that. Start with the early episodes. They do this amazing series of like five or six episodes that build the world out using a different sort of game. Like it's not D&D. They use a different game style to build the world. Yeah. And then they play in it. And uh, this is like classic Adventure Zone. Everyone, if you even remotely like interesting storytelling, it's really good. Um, and then yesterday, did a dice... Date, dinner date, me, Emma, my brother, and his fiance. We were off the last couple of days. So uh, we went to go eat at a new restaurant that just opened. And then we went to go see Top Gun Maverick. Mm, here it comes. My God. Can you? Hidden, hidden from I'm his letter. I'm also Jen it. Bell's um, review are referenced in this as well. She enjoyed I, I this. I did not know she went to see it with you. She did, yes. I dragged them to see it. <laughs> um, it was great. Um, she had fun. We all had fun. Um, Here it comes. Catches Revenge Tour starts, starts now. now. Buckle up. Uh, Buckle up, everyone. What can I say? Um, the tone is incredible. Like, I don't, I don't know how they managed to mimic the tone. From the first movie, but they did it like for the most part perfectly. There are two instances mm-hmm. that I absolutely despise. Uh oh, him showing me. up after crashing at the diner is from another movie. It's from another movie. It's from like Jack <laughs> Reacher. This is not a top gun. This is not a scene from a top gun movie. It's just strange and out of place. Mm. Um and I haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. Okay. It's okay. It's fine. No, that yeah. really doesn't give you any context. Um, and then there's sort of a sequence that happens at the end, like near the end of the movie, um, mm-hmm. where two people end up in a place. That's all uh-huh. I'll say. And that to me seems uh-huh. very strange. But literally everything what? else around the last act of the movie is fucking incredible. And this movie is a visual achievement, uh, a, a filmmaking yeah. prowess. I'm just, it's. It's incredible. Like it, the movie for me, I think I'm leading at like a four out of five. Uh, it, it's not a five out of five movie. There are some issues, um, but I had to bump it to four. Like it's incredible what they've done uh, with just filming inside the plane and making that feel like you understand what's happening. You felt like you were going fast. You feel like you're going fast and you feel like you understand the complexity of what's happening in a way that's much more visceral and natural than the original one. And Mm. uh, it was just super impressive, like super impressive. Mm. I think it does lose some of the stakes that the first one has. This movie does not really have the same stakes in the same way. 
Um, unfortunately, from my perspective. Uh, but uh, I'll leave it at that since Boomy haven't seen it. We can talk about it whenever you do. But I just, I was, uh, I enjoyed it as much as I thought I would. And uh, I'm mm. really happy that I got to see it in a theater, honestly. So, yeah, it's cool. Good. Well, is, is, is the screen nice at your local it's theater? Not gonna, it's not going to blow you away. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not awful. awful right? um, and it's like That's small good. enough that like I sat second row from the screen and it's like having an oversized television in your house. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> uh, but it does have 7.1 Dolby. So so in oh, okay. that way, it's there good. Go. That's good. Um, and some of the. So it has the same speaker system. as That's H's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but some of the, f- the yeah. flight stuff that they capture on. Unreal. Unreal. Like. It's just it's just crazy like the aerobatics and stuff is just maddening mm. so tom cruise i i'm so torn on tom cruise but um mm. it was good it was good i'll take a four any any anyone under a four is actually i mean three trying. and a half four is like where That's i landed walking out but the, but the visuals are enough boom's nodding her head like yeah yeah no three yeah. and a half is fine <laughs> It's good. I love how Ian's like, I'll take a four. Just tell me you watched it on a nice screen. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tom would not have it playing in shit screen. I no. know. I kind of noped out of Top Gun because I got swept up in the, the like VHS village haze and hype yeah, and everybody was so yeah. stoked. And then I watched the trailer. Um, and I was like, I have no, absolutely no interest in this movie. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> To myself and say that I do, although like fine. once yeah. I heard Gaga fucking scores it, or like she doesn't score okay. it, she does a song. She, song, just yeah, and it's, it's like just the, the one last song. thing. So yeah. If, it's yeah. Oh. So if you're going for Gaga, don't they, go for Gaga. Okay, they knew, like because she's listed as a composer. Yeah, Ugh, fucking Hollywood mm-hmm. military propaganda and Gaga baiting. Jen did turn to me as the <laughs> as the song started and looked at me and went is that Gaga. And I said, yes, it is. And then she was pleasantly surprised <laughs> and happy about that. My baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's good. The fact that Ketcher hid his review, I was a little nervous for what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah me too, actually. We, we made it. We got through it. We um, did it. Ian, would you <laughs> We got through it. Uh, Stranger Things. Also, I'm really, really mm-hmm. liking it so far. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. Oh. I also like Obi-Wan so far. Um, but like, Watching the first two episodes of Obi Wan and then watching Stranger Things, I'm like, Disney, can you fucking just put a Please. little more money yeah, yeah. into Obi Wan? Because like it looks, good. I think Obi Wan looks much better than Mando and Boba Fett, like visually. Like I thought Boba Fett looked like complete mm. shit. I thought that movie, I could not believe what I was. Wow. I, I watched like two episodes of Boba Fett and I just like, yeah. couldn't believe it. Uh, Obi Wan and I, I could be just giving more passes just because I love Obi Wan sure. and Ewan McGregor and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I like it so far. It, it's it's much better than Boba and um, Mando. I don't feel the need to like drop yeah. it. You know, like Boba watching one episode, I was like, this is boring. I didn't even watch season two of Mandalorian. Um, but this, I, I like that so far. Uh, the main thing I watched this week is just really quickly, pro wrestling, AEW, <laughs> we are in a renaissance. The things that are happening yes. in AEW and pro wrestling is giving me so much life. It's, it's unbelievable. I like have casually watched wrestling. You know, I watched it hardcore when I was a kid and then casually watched it for the last couple of years. But then three years ago, AEW came and my life 
turn for the better because AEW is so fucking good. And right before I came on here, the reason I sent the link out a little late is because I could not walk away from what was happening on AEW. You know what? Live your truth. The the promo that was happening was too good. Thank you for your honesty. I had to finish what was going on. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly like, I feel like Boom could could love love wrestling in a way. Boom would love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. My I so I don't follow it so much anymore because I haven't had cable in forever because I live in the city. But um, my dad is like obsessed with pro wrestling. So I grew up watching it with him. Like when we would go yes. to his house on the weekends, that we would always be watching pro wrestling. Makes sense. Um, mm. And I love it. It's like an it's it's theater. It's high art. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. It's it's a weekly reality show with no reruns taped live. Yeah. Come on. Like, are you exactly. kidding me? You can't. It's, it's oh God, so good. Anyway. Um, did it. That was basically what I did this week. Is it time? I think so. I think it's time. Let's see. Six Degrees of Separation. Uh, came out in 1993, directed by Fred Schnepsey, uh, starring Stalker Channing, Donald Sutherland, Will Smith, Ian McKellen, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> The story of a young gay black con artist who, posing as a son of Sidney Potier, cunningly maneuvers his way into the lives of a white, upper-class New York family. Boom. All right. Let's hop into our time machines. Uh, We're going to go back to 1983. So, as Ian just mentioned, a young queer black man. Uh, This is actually based on a true story. So... A young queer black man by the name of David Hampton becomes infamous after he convinces a group of wealthy Manhattan residents that he is the son of Sidney Poitier. Poitier, Wow. Did my black card just get revoked? Um, (laughs) (laughs) My my French is really bad. Anyways, convinces residents he's his son in a con uh, to get them to provide him with food and money. A little while later, a couple that was one of the targets, um, Igner, Inger and Osborne Elliott, would proceed to brag about being conned by Sidney Poitier's son uh, and finding him in bed with another man the morning after they had take him in, taken him in. One of the people they shared the story with was John Guare, who became incredibly interested in the story and used it as inspiration for a play. Um, that so this would be six degrees of separation that premiered in 1991 uh it was featured on broadway it earned a pulitzer prize nomination and also a bunch of other nominations and a tony award for best direction uh the play was very well received obviously uh and it met the audience at certain intersections uh at the time as like early 90s society began to began to observe like the AIDS epidemic, the gay rights movement, black rights movement, and sex work, and kind of apply these lenses to popular culture um, and also, like, adopt it into media. Uh, This was, like, the same artistic era as, like, Angels in America, Rent, Pretty Woman. woman. Um, Mm. So all these, like, formally taboo topics are beginning to be explored. My own private Idaho. My own private Good shout. Um, Sorry, spoilers for you if if you were gonna say that. Oh no, I wasn't, and that's like such a okay. such a good one to add there because it kind of definitely fits in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like basically all these taboo topics are beginning to be explored creatively uh, and served up to curious people outside of those communities and like to reach the masses. 
Uh, after the play's massive success on Broadway, it gets greenlit to be turned into a movie. John Guare pens the screenplay. Stockard Channing is the first uh, pick to play Weeza, as she did in the original play and a few other productions. Um, Donald Sutherland signs on and Ian McClellan signs on. And then the hunt to cast Paul begins. Uh, Will Smith, who was a few seasons into The Fresh Prince at the time, also known as a rapper, uh, debatable, was considered <laughs> was considered for this role along with about like 20 other people. So they were really kind of like going through casting like they didn't have anybody specific in mind. Uh, Will and his manager had just turned down a comedic role that would have earned Will Smith 10 million dollars. Uh, but his manager warned it wasn't a star-making movie. After an extensive auditioning process and agreement to work with an acting and speech coach, Will signed on to Six Degrees of Separation for $300,000. Uh, the money wasn't amazing, but both him and his manager agreed it would give him the opportunity to break out of like the comedic, comedic typecasting uh, and be regarded as a serious actor. Um, so... Basically, obviously, there's a few reasons I picked this movie to pair it with the hero um, that we'll get into. But one thing I feel like we've kind of like almost unintentionally uncovered with our exploration with this is like the psyche of an actor. Mm. Um, so I kind of mm. want to start with Will Smith's performance for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, it's like, you know, a pretty pivotal and important to the movie, but being that he's one of the biggest film stars now, probably just, and like, I'd say just now, maybe kind of like reaching his descent, but he's had like, and we, I don't think we've like seen the last of him. Like he just reached, he just like won an Oscar, but I feel like he's like starting to simmer. Um. Mm. Anyways, so there's that, but still one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Um, And then... Another thing is this being one of his earliest dramatic performances. And I have my opinions on of the performance itself. Um, but I also learned some interesting things about this. Uh, for example, when he describes like how he prepared for this role, he describes that he went full method. Um, <laughs> Love to know so more, so, totally. <laughs> and and like I like I listened to him, like there was an interview where he kind of described it and, it, and it's pretty funny, but um, yeah, so more than just how you feel about like how he did and performed in this role, um, because I feel like this kind of works with the hero, but I'm curious about that, but also like if it holds up for you guys and like the canon of Will Smith being like this huge movie star and like, you know, how watching this maybe influenced your idea of him that's been crafted over the years. Great. Great intro, boom, first of all. Oh, um, so I honestly don't think of Will Smith as like a big time like actor, actor. Like obviously he is a huge movie star, but I never think of him like think of him for his acting. I think of him for the movies he's in, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably why I really like did not like King Richard because I was like, it's just like Will Smith, like talking slow and like looking old. Um, that being said, he does have, I think, uh, some good things along the way. Um, but I think this is honestly like my favorite movie I've seen him in, like acting wise, mm -hmm. um, like for sure. And like looking at his IMDb page, 
um, you know, he he does this, like you said, in the middle of Fresh Prince. And then, like, he goes right into uh, Comedy Bad action. Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black. He drops his two albums. And then he abandons, like, dramatic roles basically until, like, I Am Legend. Pursuit of Happiness like, is after I Am Legend. Pursuit of, or Pursuit of Happiness, 2006. So, it, like, basically, what? 13 years like passed between that time. And so like in my head, when I was watching this, I was like, man, what if he, maybe I'll, I'll give bad boys a pass. What if he never did men in black mm. or independence day? Like what if my life would suck? That's of, for sure. It would be, his career would be totally different. And I, I, the odds of him being like this household name, I probably would be close to mm. zero, you know, like it would be, it'd be a lot harder hill to climb if he hadn't done independence day, men in black and then his music. But to me, I'm like, like he is really, really good in this, like really, really good. Um, he's essentially playing like two or three different characters mm-hmm. at the whole movie without really doing it, which I thought was super interesting. Um, so I thought he was amazing. Um, it, it didn't retool how like I look at his other movies, but it does retool that like, I think it's more of like a what if in my head versus like, oh, maybe like I underappreciated him because I don't think I do <laughs> <laughs> because I really don't like a lot of his movies for like, again, like acting. Like I think his movies are fun to watch for sure. Um, but it's more of a what if for me. Totally. Okay, so just to answer your question quick, like I think when I started when I started watching the movie because this is the first time I'd seen it, uh, so the movie started and I was like, "Hmm, interesting. Do I like this?" Because it kind of feels like a stilted young actor's performance. And then as you're watching the movie, it's sort of like, yeah, but in, to his credit, like not to his credit, but to the film's credit, it works on in his favor because. He's a young kid mm-hmm. pretending to be this thing. And so the idea that he might right. feel a little stilted actually is to the benefit of the character uh, and the movie as a whole. But then as you get film gets deeper uh, and you definitely you get to that scene with uh, Michael Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where you learn mm-hmm. about like how he gets access to all this information mm-hmm. and you get like a different side of him. Um, it was like, oh, maybe they're. Maybe this performance is intentional versus it just being mm-hmm. him being like new to acting in film. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the end, I do feel like maybe it's more his newness to acting. I just think it is to the benefit of the film and like in the p- character he's playing. Like as a young actor, if you can get a role like this, that can really help because it's like you're learning a new skill. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. he's been on TV, but TV and movies are different things. I would and fresh prints totally. is right in terms of tone and stuff yeah. exactly um but i don't think his performance is so bad that it like it takes away from the movie at all like the movie as a whole mm-hmm. is like i was really fascinated by the whole thing mm-hmm. um not just his performance but just the way the whole the whole movie on, on its own was just like so impressive and interesting and it it's like energy is so mm-hmm. interesting um and it really gives credit to the audience to keep up with what's happening and and really understand like the progress of the story yeah the editing of the movie was amazing i agree i was completely blown away with the editing like it was like the way how certain scenes finish like flashbacks will finish the sentence of the current scene Mm -hmm. and how they're jumping between times and it's all very seamless like it doesn't feel incorrect you know like 
the editing, I was completely blown away. I would with. describe I really, really the like editing of, as being like very witty, almost mm-hmm. like yes. it, 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 like the editing has like a sense of humor and plays into like the satire of the situation really well. Yeah, um, it kind of feels like like Arrested Development yeah. type mm. editing. I agree. Um, and then just quickly, like going back to Will Smith's performance because I think it's quite good. Um, Mm-hmm. And Will Smith for me is like probably one of the, like my biggest heroes growing up. Like I was absolutely oh, yeah. obsessed with him, and and similar like how can, how can yeah. you not be? I mean, he was he he ruled like he solidly ruled music and film pop culture for like four years in like very formative years of our yeah. childhood. A hundred percent. You know, like it's impossible to not like love. And I him, always felt you know, so time. impressed because I watched this film like when I was a teenager. So watching this like mo- not I wouldn't really describe him as macho. I guess I mean, in some scenarios, yes, but like very like stereotypical, like strong black lead. Um, mm-hmm. And then going back and watching him play in his, one of his first dramatic roles, like a queer black character in this very interesting story. Um I was so fascinated by it and I thought it was amazing and such an like incredible kind of like origin story. Um, Revisiting Mm -hmm. it now, I can kind of see like, so he describes himself as going full method for for this film, which is very clearly not true, Um, (laughs) especially because you can kind of tell how long. So A, he doesn't even kiss like the other, he's playing a queer, like a gay man. He doesn't kiss like, the uh, Anthony Michael Hall. It's a very interesting like camera angle they do, and he's very yeah. clearly uncomfortable with certain. Yeah. Uh, there's like that tension, and you can feel it, um, which is interesting because it's like he clearly tr- did this role, um, took this role because it's like big, it's exciting, it's interesting. Um, but I feel like now maybe he would it would be more interesting to see him kind of like do this now in his career mm-hmm. almost because I feel like he's probably ha- has a better worldview. But yeah, I don't know. It's like it, I, I enjoyed his performance for sure. Um, you talked about yeah. this in your intro, Boom. Watching I, I also had never seen this movie, um, but watching it for the first time. There are multiple, I think what I wrote in Letterboxd, like it's an evisceration of white people mm. culture, which I it, it absolutely is. And I think it's like a pretty funny way, like the way it talks and makes fun about high culture mm. and how like it, and almost like every way, like the way they're just so enamored, like, oh, how can this black kid know like these artists and like, totally. you know, City Potier and then like even and then it goes down to the, their kids. So like their kids who are like think they're like very like woke for the time. They're like, that's it. I'm going to hike Kilimanjaro or whatever, you know, totally. like they have all these like moments of like super whiteness and like just yuppiness in general. <laughs> uh, it's it, it was like hilarious. I mean, I, I was I was like pretty shocked to see a movie like this. I think from then I know a lot of movies like have done that along the way. Yeah. Um, I was guys like, I'm curious as to how it developed for you, like watching it as a kid. Did you even catch? sort of the that it was taking jabs at like high society culture or were you just kind of like oh this is will smith you know um i think like yes and no i think the very obvious things where like the kids are just like screaming i hate you i hate you to their parents (laughs) like i think that kind of yeah totally like you're (laughs) such an idiot 
definitely resonated me resonated with me, but I don't really think the kind of air of privilege and um right. like ignorance was there for me in the characters. And it's so funny now watching it, like how present it is and how hilarious it is. Um mm. and I also think they really handled the kind of like intergenerational thing well as too, because it's like you have you know, Stalker Channing and Donald Sutherland's character who kind of you can feel feel like they're like feeling like self-important and cool the way they're interacting with Will Smith character. They're so fascinated by him because he has stories about Sidney Poitier and like, you know, this film rendition of Cats, which is like absolutely fucking hilarious which is hilarious that they're dragging they're cats, dragging way cats back when. so hard. Um, and it's great. Multiple times. Like, it's not just like a one liner. That's like several times. Oh, it's they mentioned. keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting to see like how interacting with like Will Smith's character, like and what it means to like those kind of upper class white characters. And then the way the kids kind of interact with the parents interacting with him. And, and they're like, God, you're so racist. You're so stupid. You're so like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just funny that. Um, that kind of dynamic there is so funny. Yeah, I kept thinking like if fucking Greta Gerwig did this movie starring like Timothy Chalamet, people would be like, oh, this is life changing <laughs> right? commentary. I guess it would be Timothy Chalamet. Who would it be? Do you want to know something <laughs> uh, funny about this movie though that I find kind of like to be a little bit like ironic and almost meta is that. Hmm. The subject, so Will Smith's character, Paul, who's David Hampton in real life, who's a queer mm-hmm. black con ar- artist, he went to jail. Mm-hmm. He actually sued John Guare for taking his story. Um, oh my God, that's funny. And like would call him and be like, you owe me money for this. And um, he, yeah, he sued him and the judge threw out the, the case because he's a con artist. So we're not going to hear him out. Um, but I thought that was an interesting layer because this film, or sorry, the text or like the writing seems so self-aware and like satirical and like on the nose, but on the back end of it, this story, it's like, you're literally, you've appropriated this person's story. You're not paying them for it. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that though, because I kind of feel like the movie is, it's weird because the movie is like very like a self, what's the word? Like, what was the word you just used? Like. Very self-aware. But the ending to me feels like it misses Mm. the point altogether. It Uh, does. I was going to say that. And so I was like, that that is, I think, on point for me, too. Yeah, it's just like, okay, here's this movie that sort of is like going through and and making fun of like sort of like rich culture, upper middle class, class, like bullshit. And, And then at the end, it's like, it's like, oh, she because she met this one person, it's like her whole life is now different and better for yeah. it. And it's like, <laughs> you just got conned by a dude. Like, that's your story is just that you got conned by a dude. And it's like, well, it's now totally I can weird. say that my life, this whole thing, and maybe it's intentional and I missed it. But, but like on first viewing, it was just like, oh, I think you sort of missed the whole point of your own movie, which is weird. Yeah, it, it, I don't... it does feel like it's like because not only is the plot that like this con artist like awakens uh you know these like emotions and feelings like these like group of white people who are all connected because they're all conned it 
also is like he gets a lighter jail sentence because they deliver him <laughs> to the cops, right? right? Yeah, that was like, iffy. So they also like white. So they do like the trope of like the mysterious like foreigner, which is like one of the really bad arc stereotypes that happen where it's like a foreigner comes in as like kind of magical. And he's essentially that character mm-hmm. where he is like this kind of magical person coming in and out of people's lives to educate them. And then they also like white savor him in like a very weird way because he could have probably just like kept living his life. But instead, like they like, oh, we'll bring you to jail and you'll get like an easier right, yeah. sentence. <laughs> it really uh, falls apart, I think, in the middle for me, like or sorry, like towards the middle of the third act. So I agree with everything you're mm-hmm. saying. And even the character pivot for Paul when he's talking to Starker Channings or Weeza um, from the phone booth. And mm-hmm. even that line when he is getting taken away in like the cop car. What does he say? He says it, it has two sides. Right? It has the two sides. Is- uh, yeah, it's just that pivot um, for the character because they just kind of then he's this smart, like cunning you know, character and he's conning people and he's getting into their heads and getting into their homes. And then all of a sudden he's just batshit and unhinged. Like, yes, didn't, didn't love it. Um, but I think kind of like the cumulative and, and the, that like power monologue from Stark and Channing where she's talking, she's at the dinner table and she's just like talking about how she's just turned this into a story. And, you know, I actually really, Mm -hmm like that part mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah yeah the narrative again going back to the editing like the way the story unfolds i think is super interesting yeah um but it also like it's it's kind of i think it's like a darker again like watching it now versus watching it if i was younger i probably would not have caught or felt this way about it like totally it felt dark a little bit right like i feel like it there was some sort of like like i feel like at the time it probably could have come across like a feel good like yeah just straight up comedy movie but then like it it is like kind of it's like very sad it's weighted, in a lot of ways like sure. the way they talk about him like it's it like he's a he's a he is literally like a character in their lives but the very real consequences for this character is that he's going to jail yeah. for not really doing anything i i guess it, it does lead to that one person like who 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 um dies by suicide oh, yeah but even that's like kind of like a stretch like is that his fault also that like, it's I not found to really be... he gave him like 50 bucks right 100 bucks yeah i don't know anyway that part um, i found to be very like theater you know yeah and right, and right. don't know if it placed well in the film because it's kind of i mean i love that shit like i love when kind of like tragedy is just like you know springs yeah. up in in stuff like this um but yeah it does kind of take it take it to this uh to this dark place did you say who the uh who the real life david hampton conned in real life did you say that in your intro you did yeah right? uh this couple inger and uh there's more Oz. so you just named them yeah. right so Only there's people. more based on not just people which Ooh, people oh yes so oh yes melanie griffith shut the Garrett- fuck up Gary Sinise, Calvin Klein, uh, Leonard Bernstein. He had access into staying all at all their houses and received money from all of those people. (laughs) So not just like a random, like rich people, like legitimate celebrities. Totally. By saying he was Sidney Poitier's kid, which 
I guess pre the internet, it's very hard to. Uh, I was you know, I was actually thinking about impressive. that. Watching it where he does that monologue where he's named like where he's giving the history of his father and he's going through the all the movies and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, God, how did you even do that before IMDb Libraries, or baby. Letterbox or something? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. just like, what the hell? Um, yeah. Encyclopedias. I guess, but yeah. like, I guess, well, I guess Sidney Poitier is like such an actor that he would have a guy. space in yeah. like an encyclopedia, but those yeah. don't get updated very often, you know, so it's just fascinating, but, um, Amanda's it's research. also funny because this is so pre-internet age as well because yeah. even yeah. when they like Couldn't go to the bookstore all together <laughs> and yes. look up like Sidney Poitier's um, autobiography and find out that yeah. She, yeah. he's only had daughters and it's like yeah. that would be like a two-second Google search. Right. <laughs> like, right. This would never <laughs> happen. But I think it's also, brilliant. for how well-researched he is, he misses the fact that Sidney Poitier doesn't have a son, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I think he <clears throat> knows. Like he has all this wealth of He knows. Knowledge. That's part of the game, well, maybe. he's a black yeah, kid. It's like, so. how many black people would these people respect? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, uh, right. Sidney Poitier and probably like two other yeah. people, maybe. You know. Let's talk about uh, Stalker oh, yes. Channing. She was incredible. I also spent <laughs> the like entire movie staring at her being like, where do I know her? not realizing um Rizzo. she is Rizzo from Greece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she she is amazing. Really good. She was really, really good. She won an Oscar oh. for this role. Yes. Um, um I thought I thought she was fantastic. I agree. Um she is yeah, she's absolutely fascinating. And also a part of Will Smith's method acting is that because the character is so fascinated with Stalker Channing, he believes that he actually fell in love with her, IRL. And I was like, maybe it's just because she's hot and fucking cool. Like, why are you like what are you talking about? Um but no, she's absolutely fascinating. And I do think just kind of like going back to this to like the plot and everything i think they do kind of fashion her into the main character even though i would uh, yeah. you're far more interested in paul but we really don't get like the the backside of well we kind of get the backside of paul like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. we really dive into her and we kind of like experience this story through her eyes um mm -hmm. which i appreciate actually because she has that like you know, you see the way she's interacting with him and it makes sense, but you kind of do go on a journey with her. Um, and when you come out the other side, it feels pretty natural. Um, and it's like an emotional journey as well. So, yeah, I, I think, think she kills it. I think like especially, I mean, in the monologue at the dinner, but also in the phone call with him while he's in the phone oh, booth. Yeah. Like, I think... As you mentioned before, like, I don't really see, understand Paul's turn at the end. Like, I thought during that whole sequence, it would have ended up being like a con and she'd show up there and then he would have conned her again in some form or another. I don't know how the con would have worked, but that's what I thought. Like, there's, I was like, there's no way he's now changed his tune. And then it ends up being that he has changed his tune and he goes, whatever. But her performance there and as you watch her like even interacting with Donald Sutherland in this idea that like, okay, she now has a connection or, or an emotional connection with him. And now she feels bad for him and she wants to help him. And she under, she sees like how much of a wounded person he is. That was incredible. Like you really, it really like mm -hmm. saves you from hating her at the end. Like I think the ending, the, the vibes of the ending only work because of those two performances, like her landing all of that makes it yeah. you hate like 
at least for me, like hate the ending less because of that. Like she's was incredible. Yeah, she was really, really good in that scene. And like to go back again, just to the way Will Smith's character arc works, like I, I think it works a little bit more for me than maybe you two that he sort of like kind of reverts to some sort of like childlike behavior <clears throat> because he's not winning. Mm. Like I think his confidence is entirely dependent on him being able to pull off these cons mm. because again, he's like clearly looking for like relationship and acceptance by people um, because he doesn't steal anything. Right. Like he, and he seems to be hurt whenever he's caught versus like trying to get out of it. He never walks away from anything. Like, obviously he wants, I guess he wants money, but he makes it a point to receive the money for free and not steal these, you know, silver pieces and like, priceless pieses of art that everyone has and yeah, all that sort of the stuff. Kandinsky. Um, yeah, the Kandinsky. Yeah, So I, I think that's part of the reason why he kind of like reversed to being like, okay, like I kind of trust this woman to like send me to a place where I'm obviously not going to be happy. Um, yeah, but I agree. I think I kind of would have been more satisfied if like they got played one mm -hmm. more time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But it, I think it helps like sell the idea like or my assumption on the themes of the of the movie, which are like the painting and the two sides, like every person has sort of two sides to them, you know, and like, yeah, there is oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is this sort of con artist grifter mentality to him, which is like a defense mechanism for sort of the other flip side, which is he's incredibly mm -hmm. sad and alone and unappreciated and unloved and unseen, you know? Um, yeah. And so in that way, like, I like that we get there with him, but it's just, I yeah. wish I could have felt the shift happen a little bit more. I think he also, also feels guilty for that, that guy committing suicide. I think he feels a bit of guilt for being responsible for that in some way or another. So for sure. Yeah. Well, he even says that he's like, I didn't know he would do that. Yeah. Um, but then also another part of kind of like using that painting to kind of represent duality or like, you know, things like that is they keep on, they like say like chaos and control, like chaos on one side, control on the other, which I think also is like pretty, like those themes are pretty like deep rooted in this film because it's like obviously to be a con artist and like carry out these kind of, you know, these cons and like get into people's homes and with, with to the point that they're like welcoming you and um you know charm money out of their pockets and impress them and there's like such an immense control to being able to do that and like you know getting in there and maintaining that but then what happens in its wake is like absolute chaos which mm. is like the interesting mm. part and it's and, mm. and it kind of gets there pretty quickly like we have the first act that's like pretty captivating and it's like very intense and he he does that um monologue about catcher and the rye and you're and, and it seems yeah. very intellectual and like witty and fun and then it just like kind of spirals and and keeps going so yeah i yeah i really like this movie yeah do you like that it's revealed that he is a con artist so soon into the movie because i was pretty surprised that that's revealed like Kind of, it's, it shows you in the beginning when he's practicing his speech, but then you kind of really confirm it like within like 20 minutes or so. Would you have liked to see it sort of play out in a more traditional like narrative arc or do you like that it it's placed that way? 
I like that it's placed that way because I think what it does, I mean, again, as much as I'm interested in that character and his perspective, and we don't get so Mm -hmm. much of that, um, but it Mm -hmm. does kind of place it into the hands of like the couple and how they're interacting with it and, and kind of getting to like the thesis of the, you know, story or or what's going on. It's them kind of going around to store, going, sorry, going around to social events and gossiping about it and using it as a social tool, um, you know, so. Yeah, and, cool. the, and that's one of the big, bigger takeaways for me, at least. So, like, I think, therefore, it, it's paced fine. Yeah, because it's it's very interesting because it's like they are so upset that this dude conned them into $50 like they're loaded mm-hmm. so the fact they're really the thing that upsets them the most and you get this vibe from it's the cops pride. is just because they've been conned that, that right exactly yeah. versus actual theft in any way but they're they're stealing his life or this thing that's happened to them caused by him mm-hmm. to better their own lives you know they've taken they've taken mm-hmm. him and used him to better themselves versus yeah. the, you know and he's done the they same thing. They continue to benefit and go up for it from it. Right. And he's just spirals down into the gutter. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I and I and in that way I like that it's like not him that's the lead. It it really is them, like in their story, because they give all mm-hmm. that extra context to laugh at and make judgment of sort of the upper crust. Um mm. but just with regards to what you, uh, question you asked, I think because the movie's paced so beautifully, like I can't imagine mm-hmm. it being in any other way. Like I love how everything on like plays out and un- unwrap, like not unravels, but like unfurls. And it's yeah, it's great. It's so much fun, and and it it puts away all of this. Like oh my goodness, is he? Isn't he? What is real? What's not? It's like none of it's real, and that's not. And like that's sort of not the point necessarily. Mm. Um, and I love that it pulls in all these other people and like you get to find out sort of how big is like, it's not just one couple that's been gone. It's a whole elaborate, uh, uh, what's it called? Six degrees of six degrees. Right. Yeah, exactly. We were all being con. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, nice. Any, anything else before we get to our categories? That was a good discussion. Yeah. It was a very good discussion. Uh, let's get to our categories. If you're listening for the first time, we do two categories. Uh, I guess we'll do three because we're wrapping up our journey of the hero. Uh, so first up is our criterion moment. Um, is there a scene or sequence in which you think this should be submitted into the criterion collection? (laughs) Boom. I mean, I actually think this would be well suited to the criterion collection. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Um, and... What is my criterion moment? Like, there's just so much to fucking choose from. Probably. Um, it's it's <laughs> like a toss up between like Stalker Channing's monologue or possibly when Will Smith or sorry, when like Paul um, kind of is conning that younger couple. So he's like mm, worked in his way into their hearts. They're just like young. They've moved to the city. Um and he goes he cons and then goes out with the guy. And it's like very interesting because they're having like a good time. <clears throat> 
and you get to have a little bit of fun with Paul, but you kind of still feel concerned for this, like this guy. Um, and they dance in the rainbow room uh, together yeah. and then they get kicked out and like just all that. And I know they he kind of like in Utah. Yeah, I never do this in Utah. And I guess he kind of like also sexually cons the poor guy. But um, and then he commits suicide, which is terrible. So maybe this isn't the best. But I, I would say I really enjoy that sequence sequence overall. Uh, and then they like hook up in the back of the carriage and then he like uh-huh. kisses him and runs. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh, fuck. OK, absolutely uh, unhinged. Catcher, <laughs> um, you want yeah, yeah. to um, go? Yeah, I think it's I totally had forgotten that we have to do this. Um, I hadn't even thought about it, but I think it has to be the phone call where the switch yeah. happens, oh, yeah. like where she all of a sudden now like sees him as sort of the defenseless person that he probably is. Like that she sees past the con and like the sad boy inside mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the performance is just so wonderful. And she just becomes this much more interesting, uh, deep character for that, for those mm. few moments. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm just going to say the editing. Like I really, really oh, wow. was like yeah. pretty yeah. floored by the way this movie was put together. I like, I was completely impressed with it um that was my favorite part of the whole movie for me the way like you know like i said it could have just been told in order and it would not have had like the six degrees of separation effect like the fact that all these people are kind of piecing together this puzzle like that and the way again like you know certain scenes are finishing other lines but it doesn't feel campy like it feels like it's in on the joke and all that sort of stuff um really really worked for me so i'm, I'm gonna say that absolutely uh Second category is how do we think it relates to our initial pick, which is the hero uh, reverse order for me. Honestly, I'm not really sure, I'm not really quite sure if I saw like any huge connections there. Uh, it doesn't affect how I like the movie because I, I thought it was it was a great movie to watch. Um, other than the fact that I think it is a very good uh, uh, character study in a way someone acknowledges they might not be as powerful as they are. Mm. Um that's like a pretty clear theme in the hero. Um, and then I think it's in this way too, like the way the the people who are conned respond, uh, it's much funnier than in the hero, obviously, but I think that's like a pretty clear connection in, in, in how those two movies kind of play along together. But uh, yeah, catcher. Yeah. I too was struggling, but, <laughs> um, but the boom's point of, and I, I thought this myself, while watching it sort of near the end was this idea of like getting into the acting, like this idea of like what, uh, like what is required of an actor, you know? And like, he has to, you know, he is performing in front of these people and like what, what he needs to do and sort of the weird psych, like psychology behind that. But that, that was sort of the furthest I could, the the furthest I could stretch it. Um, but I did really (laughs) like, yeah, I'll say that I won't go further than that. Boom. Um, yeah, are you guys ready for the good old boom finesse with yes. my like yes, weird we ass pairing? Give us the twist. So when I was watching The Hero, this was like the first movie that came to mind. And like I mind you, I hadn't seen this. I like I hadn't seen Six Degrees in Separation for maybe like two years. Um mm-hmm. so the first reason I picked it was because of the way 
um, the main character in The Hero is kind of interacting with the people on the train. And I know most of the time is spent with um, Aditi and they're they're interviewing. But there's this kind of like air of like class and like the way the different classes interact with each other, um, as well as like the kind of stuff when he goes into like the workers rights movements, that movement that he abandons and things like that. So just kind of like the way people of different class backgrounds interact with each other. Why? Uh, And then also storytelling, which I think is like a huge part of the hero because we are going through like all the stories that he's telling about his life. And I think the same goes for um, Six Degrees of Separation, just in a little bit of like a different fashion. But basically, it's just how we all react and respond to stories mm-hmm. um and mm. what they mean mm. and like what they mean to us and how they get circulated you know um and even like with aditi you know she's taking in all his stories and at the end she decides to like rip up the paper and not you know continue to like spread it in the media whereas like this couple doesn't have that much restraint because they're using it as a tool to kind of like gain status for themselves but then at the end stalker chanting like comes to this, you know, conclusion where she's like, I've turned this man into a story. So, um, she metaphorically yeah, I, rips up the story and like, yeah, she metaphorically rips up the story yeah. after, you know, spreading mm-hmm. it around town. No, but, that's excellent. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually really like that. That's very true because yeah, they sort of function in similar ways in terms of like yeah. helping the main character or whatever this person like sort of examine who they are. Mm. totally and then like the acting stuff just came with like the discussions that we've been having and then we did Maria, mm. which like kind of leaned into that and then i was just like well in the mm-hmm. sense of like who will smith is now in this role it actually becomes very interesting in discussion with the hero because also yeah. will smith his character he is in, he is acting like he, his character is an actor mm-hmm. in this movie he's a con artist which is exactly effectively it's actor, layered baby yeah wow well. yeah nice. <laughs> boom Once does again. it again <laughs> Once again, oh my God. Uh, since you wrapped up our exploration of the hero with the lunchbox, clouds of Sils Maria, and six degrees of separation, uh, how do we feel about it? I was a fan. Big fan. I, I love, yeah. I think Boom said not too long ago, like, we love our character studies. We do. And we definitely did a real good character study uh, the last couple of weeks. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, we spent like, about what was it like eight or ten weeks in the mind of Carrie Bradshaw, and then we came, <laughs> and then we came out, and we the ultimate character, the study. ultimate character study, and we came out, and then Carrie, we just went Carrie, in, character oh. study, character. Oh my god, I love it. Yes. Get, we're getting carried anyway. away. Um, and then we came out of it and went into straight up bangers. Um, but I feel like we kind of are returning return to our roots a little bit with this this mm. series and i like mm. it yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah i we slowed concur. it down a little yeah, I, yeah which is interesting because it this feels like the fastest we've ever gotten through like a, a series of movies <laughs> an unbroken yeah, exactly. cycle yeah so in that way it definitely is like whoa that's it's already done like this is great wow we're gonna yeah. watch more movies now um but I, I think it was like I was I got to watch three movies I had never seen. Well, four movies, including the hero that I had never seen yeah. before. And like yeah. movies from directors that I am genuinely excited now to like go and see more mm. of 
Like I'm, yeah. I know you guys didn't like last week's movie, but I am already thinking of ways of fitting another one of his films because he's oh, got boy. another oh, film in the God. Criterion. So I'm very excited. <laughs> and we continue to suffer. That's no, right. I would be <laughs> I, I would be excited no, to yeah. watch more films. It looked him, really sure. pretty, so yeah. we'll yeah, see how it goes. But I but overall, like But fool yeah. us twice. And I have Careful. a new and I have a yeah, you're right. And I have a new like number four in my letterbox thing with the lunchbox. So this was altogether uh Oh. That would that did, did make yeah. the official list. Yeah, I was nice. considering maybe switching it back today, but I loved it so much I just left it. I think it's great. Yeah. Got a ride. Yeah. Nice. Um, before we get to my pick, which will determine the next uh, four weeks or so of uh, exploration, do we have any tea with Boom? Um, we have another mild flop <laughs> for a question, but we got. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm doing my best. Um, so just kind of in the vein of uh, acting, actors, stars, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Will Smith's first dramatic film role. So I asked, uh, favorite first or early film roles, uh, of seasoned actors. And we mm-hmm. have got, we got two wonderful responses from our dear friend, Kev, um, mm-hmm. who said Brad Pitt in Johnny Suede and why Indies forever, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then he says, oh, also Leo and Luigiamo in Romeo plus Juliet. Mm. Duh. That's a good call. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for that, Kev. Uh, and then our sweet catcher who always has my back wrote in <laughs> with Martha, Marcy, May Marlene, yes. Elizabeth Olsen's like one of her, her first. Well, no, her. she was in the, wait, mm. I thought the silent, the, the silent movie was not the silent movie, but like the movie with the no act, dialogue. The artist. The artist. No, 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 no. But this is definitely what? one of her. Hold on, let me look it up. But this is definitely yeah. one of her like earlier roles, I'm and I om- think she's like an incredible actor. I'm almost certain. I only did a very passing check, but I'm pretty certain this was her first film role. She may have had TV, maybe, but I think her first. Totally, but mm-hmm. there was a really interesting. What the fuck was the movie? She did it. Silent House. It came out the same year not heard of that. as Martha. Oh, okay. So it's like kind of like a thr- like a tense thriller and like a Or you can't talk. Yeah, the, or there's like a giant or most of the film is like silent. Oh, um I don't know. I actually remember liking mm. it. I might watch it again. It's not very highly rated, but good for Elizabeth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh if you <clears throat> want to help boom self-esteem and Yeah, not answer my dry fucking flops. questions. Please. Follow us, cinenutspod at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> just needs kidding. Your, I love she it. She needs uh, your help today. You know? I know. <laughs> if we reach three flops in a row, I'm going to. Let Boom calm her way. Do you really want Ian to be the feeds? one posting questions? This is not what anybody Absolutely wanted. Oh my not. gosh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, my pick. Yay. Okay. I was, kind of, I was kind of floundering around a bit. I was like, do I want to play it safe? Uh, you know, and then this conversation the last couple of weeks, like, nah, let's not like, whatever, let's, yes. let's keep this train rolling. Oh. Uh, and then I also wanted to, I've been wanting to watch the movie. I've actually never seen this movie. Um, it is a movie and I believe the only movie in the criterion out of my homeland, the Philippines. So this has been on my list for a while. Um, I think boom almost picked this actually maybe a, 
you had talked about it not too like I, I wanted to pick a film from ago. the Philippines and there's two in the criteria. Oh, there's question. two. Okay, there's two. I so. know. Ian, listen. <laughs> two whole movies. Be so, thankful. So this, <laughs> so this is uh, from 1975, directed by Lino Broca, who is like one of uh, Manila's like uh, quintessential film directors, uh, and it's called Manila in the Claws of Light. Oof. Okay. Uh, and the di- and the synopsis on Letterboxd is uh, a young freshman from a provincial village arrives in the capital on a quest to track down his girlfriend, who was lured there with the promise of work and hasn't been heard from in some time. In the meantime, he takes a low-wage job at a construction site and witnesses life on the streets where death strikes without warning, corruption, and exploitation are a commonplace, and protests hint at escalating civil unrest. This sounds like sounds a Cinenauts like movie if I've ever, like a if I've ever, ever heard fucking one heard it. I'm also yeah, excited to kind of like spotlight the Philippines because yeah. I... Well, I've never been, but it's like high on my list. Um, and I have great respect <laughs> for, the, for the Philippines, especially with everything Good. that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's also kind of why this kind of pick kind of inspired me to, to go this route also. Uh, 4.2 on Letterboxd. So very good. Um, you, can, you can stream it on the Criterion channel. Um, so if you're a Criterion channel sub, you can get it there. You can also rent it on iTunes or Prime Video. I bought the Criterion disc oh, actually. Um, yeah, I've had it. I've, it's one of my many that I have not opened yeah. yet. Oh my god, <clears throat> uh, Tara, mm-hmm. don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tara, <laughs> uh, but it is, uh, yeah, it, it. I'm very excited to watch this. So nice, Manila in the claws of light. I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm so excited. Yeah, also, um, I need to get a DVD player because. You guys always talk about buying DVDs and I'm like, oh my God. And I also have DVDs. So I have like, I own six degrees of separation, but then imagine my disappointment when I had to like rent it off of like Do you? I forget. Do you have a 4K TV yet? I forget. No, I don't know. I have an old TV. You don't need it. So I'm going to ride it out until it's broken. I was going to say, whenever you get like a 4K, like whatever is streaming 4K, like looks very good. But when you put a disc in and a 4K player, it's like, it's not Mm. even close. The quality is is not even close. Okay. Like, so that's my pitch. And it's really like 4K TVs aren't that expensive anymore and players aren't that expensive. All right. Well, everybody um, answer my questions and send me money. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anything else? Yeah, that was great, no, though. I think we did. I'm Yeah, stoked. that was a very fun discussion and great yep. month conversation uh manila in the claws of light next week hope you join us for watching at the very least thank you for listening yeah uh boom catcher i'll see you all, all right. next week yeah, everyone. next week bye bye, bye.